0: everybody. This is your host, KT, alternately known as Kyle Thomas. Welcome to KT's Hallowed Sound Podcast, Episode 1. We're going to have a great show, I hope. uh, We're going to discuss a lot of things that just happened to us, good and bad, 2021 moving forward. We've got a lot of music to discuss. We're going to discuss Exhorter. We're going to discuss Trouble. We're going to discuss a solo album that I am currently writing by myself. So there's a lot of great things going on moving forward. We've got to discuss uh, the touring situation, the recording situation, and we're going to focus on other such things as... Stories from the past, Uh, you guys have been great to me over the last few years, over the last few decades, to be perfectly frank, so I'd like to at least maybe start digging back into the archives and give you guys a piece of me that maybe you haven't had a chance to hear. Some of it's funny, some of it's probably a little... Not so funny, but that's life in general, right? I think we all go through it, so it's best to talk it out. Tell me your feelings. Uh, we're going to bring in a guest. We're going to have a guest. I'm going to try to bring you guys a guest every episode. Today's guest will be none other than my bandmate, my dear friend, my partner in crime in so many ways, my roommate on tour, we're going to bring in Marzi Montessori himself, and we'll talk to him briefly a uh, little bit about his past before he and I met and started collaborating on music. And we're also going to discuss what is upcoming in the future. And I'm sure there's going to be a laugh or two involved there. We're both uh, fairly silly individuals. Another thing that we're going to start doing is... We're going to have a Q&A segment to this show, so every episode, I will encourage you guys to send me emails, and we will, from there, have a cherry-picking, so to speak, of the best content that I think would be the most palatable for this show. So, you guys ask questions, and I'll sift through them and find the right ones to answer, and... Uh, We're going to probably at some point have some kind of prize giveaway, so stay tuned for that. Uh, There may be more details in this episode later on. You might get some free stuff. So yeah, let's go ahead and get started. But first, we are also going to have moments throughout the show where we're playing songs from the past and present from uh, my archives, my discography, so to speak. So, here we go. We're going to play you guys some Jones's Lounge. This one is called Sometime. Jones's Lounge, Sometime. That was an album that I was a part of back in 2002. This album was the brainchild of my schoolmate from uh, back in the 80s in high school, Dax Thieler. Dax and I were friends through mostly uh, singing together in the high school chorus. We, we both learned how to sing together at the same time, and we became friends there. We worked on this project together. He had come to me with this album, uh, musically kind of placed together for the most part. With uh, He had worked on, on this with Jimmy Bauer. Dax played guitar and bass on it. Dave Fortman engineered it and uh, kind of helped with the production, too. It was self-produced, so to speak, but uh, we had a lot of... Fun making this album. Jason Portera, who played with me in Pitts vs. Preps, played drums on a couple songs and did a couple of guitar solos and overdubs. Great, great album. It's uh, one of my lesser-known albums, but kind of a, a fan cult favorite. So search it. It's it's great stuff. It's on YouTube, so you can stream it. And uh, hopefully, at some point, we can release this son of a gun. It's uh, well overdue. So 2020, y'all. 2020, uh, I I, I kind of have to <laughs> I've kind of got to say 2020 was pretty good for me. I, I I really didn't have a terrible year. Um I fortunately for me I, I was healthy and I'm not trying to downplay any of the bad experiences that many people that I do know personally had and and of course many people that I don't know had, but um and, you know, COVID Nineteen did enter my home. My my daughter had it. It's something that she didn't struggle greatly with, but you know, I mean it, it's it's a killer for some and for some they just don't even know they've had it. So uh what a weird thing to happen. Uh we we were pretty fortunate as a band, as exhorter, to uh to get through the tour that we did with overkill and hydroform in the United States. Up to the last two shows, we were able to actually complete the tour, and we had an amazing tour. The, the fans were great. We made a lot of new fans. There were a lot of fans there that said they waited their whole lives to see this, or they you know, just you know had some kind of experience at the show. And that, that's what Exhorter always strives to be, is, is a band live that connects with the audience in a way that you cannot get just by listening to an album. so it's been amazing that the writing uh, on the the success of more in the Southern Skies, our first album in 27 years. Uh, just every tour, every show it gets bigger and feels bigger and I really think that there's nothing but blue skies for this band moving forward. We're currently working on a new album. I'm writing, Marzi is writing. Jason and Sasha have written together. Uh, with Jason playing guitar and bass, so everybody's kind of working in their own home studios, mapping things out. Since we don't all live in the same state, uh, currently Marzi and I are the only ones in Louisiana, so it's it's a little bit tricky with how we're going to get together, but we manage. And in file sharing in the digital age, it's it's easy. You can write songs with someone halfway across the earth and. It's nothing to it it's just you know here Dropbox or you know uh, we transfer it's fairly simple so that's on the slate for Exorder is a new album the songs are coming out great we are so excited about how this album is shaping up I've played it just little snippets here and there for friends of mine confidants uh, and everybody's like wow yep sounds like Exorder, so there you go uh, moving on and uh trouble same thing we've we've been working on a new album in pre-production on and off for a very long time uh really almost as soon as we released the distortion field back in 2013 of course you know it's just the way it is with trouble things don't always happen very quickly so uh fine wine right it it's not a problem for us we're just moving on everybody's excited about the direction of the songs the songs are powerful songs are well crafted It's Trouble. I mean, what are you you going to expect? It's just well done, and we're very, very excited about the direction that this is going in. It's nice to have a new album with the complete lineup, with with everyone that's in the band now, starting from zero. That's really, really uh, a, a great thing to have to move on forward with. So, Trouble. Yeah, we've got tour dates that we're hoping to complete this year that got pushed back from 2021 to 2020 uh from 2020 to 2021 so we'll, we'll see how that unravels same thing with Exorder. we had a lot of festival dates that got pushed back from 2020 to 2021 and we're watching and waiting to see what happens we've we've got some other things brewing for later on in the year as well in addition to writing the new album so Uh, Yeah, there's, there's a lot to look forward to. You got to get a little creative in this day and age with the whole touring shutdown and, you know, this and that. So when your bands that you listen to are doing live streams, or, you know, this song here we did as a collaboration with all these guys and gals, this is the way that we have to adapt to survive. So Money's got to be tight for everybody. Not everybody's working. But if you have a way to support your bands, please do. We all could use it. Uh, we're not looking to empty anybody's wallets necessarily. We we understand. We're just trying to make our way. So uh, support your small businesses. Support your bands that you need in your life. All these concerts that you're looking to have uh we're 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 wanting to play them as much as you're wanting to see them, so together we'll get through this. y'all come on, we know what's going on here. we know what the deal is. It's just circumstantial crap that we all have to deal with. all right, story time you guys let's uh let's give a little bit of a history on me since it is my show, and you're listening probably because of me. <laughs> I'm the youngest of four. I was the only child in my family born in the 70s. I was born in 1970 and the other old ones were born in the 60s. I don't have a dark story about my childhood. I didn't grow up in a rough environment. That was not some kind of abusive home. My parents were loving, hardworking parents and the kids got along normally and you know we beat the crap out of each other and teased each other and that's just uh what we called Irish love in our home so my parents as i said did what they could gave us what we needed it was a uh you know middle class home we had tough times and we had better days so I went to Catholic school, it's, gee, how did that happen? No, seriously, like, just raised in a normal, suburban atmosphere. So, I feel fortunate that I didn't have a deep, dark struggle, but, you know, life presents obstacles to the middle class, the lower class, and the upper class. It's just different types of struggles and different types of payoffs, I guess you could say. My my family was always very encouraging with whatever you chose to do. There were athletics in our home. My father was an athlete. My mother was an artist. So I got a little bit of both worlds there. Uh, a lot of literature. My family is very adept to uh, the, the literary world. And uh, some of you may have noticed that I tend to point out grammatical errors sorry in advance so it's just who I am but at a very young age uh, I guess this is leading into how I got into music uh, I've always been stricken by music I remember my very first musical experience uh, that I can recall uh, I was in a cloth diaper because that's what we had back then was cloth diapers not the disposables and a big fat blue baby pin holding it on and I don't even remember what else I had I just remember running in the house in that diaper and hearing the sound just like that and the 8-track player was playing Come Together by the Beatles because we had Abbey Road on 8-track and I just remember the breakdown when the chorus comes in with that pumping bass drum and I just stopped dead in my tracks and started shaking my butt to the sound of the music. And, you know, once the part was over, I just took off and started running again. But I remember that distinctly. There was always something being played in our home. My sisters always played music. I have two sisters and I have a brother, some of which you may know, Kevin, who played with me in Floodgate. And we always just listened to the radio or albums that my sisters had growing up. And, eventually kevin and i started gravitating towards heavier rock and you know throughout my childhood i wanted to be a million things a firefighter a football player a marine biologist all sorts of things but in third grade the band director came to our classroom and presented everyone with you know instruments here you come try this you come try this of course he's just recruiting a new roster for his band and I was handed the saxophone and man, I just, I needed to have that saxophone. I knew good and well that if I had that saxophone, all the girls were going to want to talk to me. Third grade, right? This was my mindset. I'm not kidding. This is the truth. So later on the day I got home, I told my dad, dad, we've got to go to the music store. I need a saxophone. I want to play in the school band. Okay. Okay, great. My dad was always great about that. You said you needed something. You wanted something. We're going to go get it or we're going to attempt to get it. So we went to the music store and they handed me the saxophone, set it up, put a reed in there. And I was just like, God, I need this thing. I will bag all the chicks if I get the saxophone. That's all I need. They'll like me. They'll talk to me. And then I saw my dad's face, the look on my dad's face when he saw the price on that saxophone, his face just dropped. And I knew we had a problem. So I watched him and the owner of the music store go commiserate by the countertop where the register was. And I'm sitting there going, this is, this is dead. I'm dead. I'm I'm not getting the saxophone. It ain't happening. So they both come walking back a couple of minutes later. Hey, my dad goes, hey, son, check out this nice trumpet. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I did not want to play the trumpet but i saw the handwriting on the wall i wanted to play music my father could not there was just no way he was going to be able to afford the sax so they got on a payment plan with this trumpet and i don't know i don't it took them like by the time they were finishing paying it off i was tired of playing the trumpet but i i i embraced it i said you know what i'll do this i took private lessons i got really really good but uh in some kind of way it just it for for me, I couldn't play with other people that weren't up to speed with me I didn't want to I felt like they were holding me back so i I tried the school band and it's very you know it's fundamentals right at the beginning very simple unless you've got you know an advanced band it's just it's just not happening you have to play the Mary had a little lambs and all that stuff and here I was learning flight of the bumblebee in you know, advanced years going, I'm not jamming with these kids. They 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 make me look bad. So long story short is I fell out of love with the trumpet, got back into playing baseball and football and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, at this point it's fifth, sixth grade. And then I started listening to heavy metal and finding, you know, all the bands that, that I listened to growing up that were my formative you know Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, AC/DC, all this stuff, these things got me going in a way that nothing else had before. And I I listened to all kind of stuff. You know, I was an MTV kid. Uh 5th grade I think is when MTV came out and it really changed everything for me. So by by the time heavy metal came, I was like this is me. This is what I got. So I gravitated towards the bass. I wanted a bass. Got a bass for Christmas. Got in lessons, got really good quickly because I had four years of intensive musical training on the trumpet. It, it was a very quick thing, and I, I've been blessed. I can pick up an instrument, and if I don't figure out how to do it fluently, I'm going to make it—it's uh, it, going to make noise <laughs> under my uh, direction. So I, I got really good on that. I was, I was really chasing after Steve Harris and Geezer Butler, really— wanting to be that kind of bass player and made the mistake one day at a jam session of singing while we were playing and uh, over the years I I played in a few bands as a bass player early on Jimmy Bauer and I played in our first two bands together Uh, he played drums, I played bass in one and sang in another but once I started getting the singing gigs people stopped wanting to give me the bass gigs so I really was unhappy about that because I was a bass player that's what I set out to be I wanted to be the world's baddest bass player ever that was my goal That's who I wanted to be and singing found me I was reluctant to embrace it at first but I was kind of good at it and it's fun to sing when you're standing in front of everyone and everyone's watching you a teenage kid I was like yeah great this is cool. Like I'm an ugly dude and chicks are actually looking at me. This is killer. So I then joined the school chorus after the summer where I met the exhorter guys and started jamming an exhorter. So here we were, we were already, we had already recorded the get rude demo. I joined the school chorus and it changed my life. It really did. It made me such a good singer that I never even dreamed of being and never sought to be but I, I really joined it just to get a little bit better at singing in heavy metal bands and turns out i excelled at it my classmates voted me outstanding ying, uh, singer my senior year and from here it just changed <laughs> We i was able to do things like the church intro to slaughter in the vatican i recorded that when i was 17 years old And I would have never known how to do any of that stuff had I not joined the chorus at my high school. So I highly recommend, if you're a kid and you want to sing, join your school chorus, join your church chorus, whatever it is. Or you can always come see me for singing lessons. I do give them a little plug there. ExorderedKyle.com. Go there. If you'd like to have a trial lesson, it's very inexpensive, no commitment. Check it out for real. So yeah, that's pretty much how I got into music. Yay. So we're getting close to wrapping up our episode one here. And I really do appreciate everyone showing any interest in this at all and participating in the future Q and A. So the question and answer segment, again, what we're going to do here is I'm going to provide you guys with an email address for the podcast. It is hallowed sound podcast at gmail.com that's h-a-l-l-o-w-e-d-s-o-u-n-d podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t hallowed sound podcast at gmail.com so send me your questions you know if you've got questions about my musical career my personal life uh within reason of course (laughs) don't get too smart or cute but no I mean you want to know what my likes dislikes are cooking this sort of thing we're going to do all kinds of stuff in this show there may be a cooking segment at some point perhaps we'll even do a live podcast at some point with uh, you know just real day to day stuff I I get tired of talking about music all the time I am a person just like everyone else you know I, I have my likes and dislikes I have my hobbies. I have a family. I'm, you know, a father, a, a husband, and business owner. Those sorts of things. Let, let's talk real stuff here. But you're you're welcome to ask me about the music career too. I'm I'm sure that that's probably what brought you here to begin with. So send your questions to HallowedSoundPodcast at gmail dot com. And I will sift through them. We can't do them all at one time, of course. But uh, if, if your questions are good and we just don't have time for them, they'll go back into the pot for perhaps another show. But we're also going to do a little giveaway here. Giveaways are great. Uh, my father used to always say, if it's free, it's for me. So, yeah, well, I'd like to... To give you guys something, uh, but I need your help first. And what I'd like for you guys to do for me is when this podcast is released and shareable for every person that shares it on social media, probably Facebook. I'm not sure if you can do that from Instagram. uh, So we'll, we'll figure that out. But at the very least, on my artist page, the Kyle Thomas artist page, that's where this stuff is always sent when I'm finished with it. I don't do as much of that from my personal page. If I share it from my personal page and you share it from there, I'll put your name into the hat. But for every person that shares this, no matter where you are in the world, I will give you a choice of either a free 30-minute vocal lesson over video, or you can choose to have the KT combo, which is A Kyle Thomas t-shirt with an incredible graphic of a photograph that was taken by photographer Kyle Caslaw in Orlando, Florida, at the Exhorter Show at the House of Blues there. And there's also the same graphic on a photo card that I will autograph and frame. And I will will ship this out to you. So you can either, if you're not interested in vocal lessons, you can choose the t-shirt. Or I'll give you a free vocal lesson, and there's an MP3 vocal exercise that will be yours to keep. No obligation to commit to long-term lessons. If you just don't even care about the vocal lesson and just want to have a video chat with me, we can do that too. So, in any event, the winner will come from all of the people who made the shares. I will write all the names down, drop them into a hat, pick a name, and the winner gets the prize. So, you're helping me out by spreading the word for this podcast. I really would love to continue doing this for you guys, and it's something that I'm not going to be able to do if it's not worth my while, and I'm sure that you guys would enjoy more episodes if I keep it interesting. So, yeah, free stuff. Share it. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you guys my man, my friend, my partner, Mr. Marzi Montezari. We're going to bring in Marzi in just a minute here. So uh, for those that don't know who Marzi is, Marzi is the guitar player of Exhorter, and he is also the guitar player of Heavy as Texas, another project of mine that we did an album just a couple of years back on Crunchy Western Records. It's a fantastic album. I'm very, very proud of it. We had Chris Collier help us out with it on the production side. He mixed it and he also played bass on it. So uh yeah Chris is Chris is a badass man. He's he's really good. And Anoop Sastri played the drums. This dude's amazing. If you've never heard of Anoop you should absolutely search him on youtube your jaw will be on the floor the dude is amazing so uh, that album was really fun to make we made some really cool videos and did a tour small tour here in the louisiana texas arkansas area uh we would like to do another album we're gonna get back to that at some point there's just so much going on but anyway Marzi we'll be here in just a minute and i'm just gonna ask him a few questions let him introduce himself and let him talk and uh, you guys can get to know Marzi. so ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you to Marzi montessori here he is what's up Marzi? hello there how are you doing well today you know uh, i only talked to you like five minutes ago because we're <laughs> friends and that's what we do right <laughs> so uh i'm Happy that you decided to come on to my new KT's Hallowed Sound podcast. Thank you for that. Happy to be here. Good, good. Uh, I mean, your fee was reasonable, so. (laughs) Uh, So, I guess if you don't mind, I'll ask you a few questions. Uh, You know, nothing really, like, earth-shattering here. But, you know, for people that maybe don't know you as well as I do or as well as, like, uh, exhorter fans or fans of heaviest texas and and everything else that you've done in the past um, i guess first tell us how you came to your magical connection with music and and when
1: you realized that it was your calling i think i fell in love <clears throat> excuse me i think i fell in love with music i think from my earliest memory is that my parents were big movie goers In fact, they would, I think, when I was 10 months old, I heard they left me behind (laughs) and they went to the movies one time. But when I was two, when I was two, I think they saw Romeo and Juliet and that theme song, I just, uh, even at that age, it just went inside of me and I remember humming it for years to come. It was like the first melody that I had ever heard in my life and that was the theme to Romeo and Juliet. That was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. After that, I wanted to be a professional soccer player to the age of 12 when we came to Houston. But actually, I, I did get a guitar when I was 7. My brother broke it the next day. I would walk by a music store on the way to the soccer matches, and I'd look look uh, at this guitar that was at the window, and I always wanted it for my 7th birthday. Ended up getting an acoustic, and it broke, so I still wanted to be a professional soccer player. play for Liverpool one day, and I was pretty good. And uh, when we moved to America... I uh, wasn't able to play, and so then I just picked up the guitar and like heavily went for it at the age of... That was when I was about 11 going on 12. My brother broke my guitar. I guess I'll just be a football player.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's always good to have a plan B, right? Yeah. I, I always loved it. Music was something that I loved very much. I heard, uh, you know the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and my mom would I can't believe I skipped this but my mom was a giant giant Beatles fan and uh, that was like that was really big and her sister was too my aunt and she gave me a cassette so I had it actually was Beatles songs music version like classical versions and stuff but from that yesterday was a melody that was like haunting to me. This was actually before I actually heard the song yesterday. And I think the first time I heard yesterday was by Wings, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, makes
0: perfect sense. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're obviously, in my opinion, one of the top guitar players out there. Uh, you're, you're at the top of your game, and I'm blessed to be on the same playing field as you most of the time. So, you've had quite a bit of success you know as all musicians we all have our struggles To what was your biggest obstacle on your path to get to where you are now?
1: Hmm and It um, doesn't necessarily mean compromising, personal I think, think. Yeah, musical yeah. you know musical, comprom- compromise, musical compromise I think would be overall because going into it knowingly that you would have to compromise and then this, that in itself brings about growth and I think that was the most challenging thing. It bring, it, it's taught me everything that it needed to teach me to pursue uh, the last two attempts that I made on my own, which is more than playing guitar and writing songs, but to have a hand in production to oversee the whole thing, you know, and the overall sound and quality of it. And, you know, music production is different than movie production. So, so that, you know, is being very meticulous about it. So it taught me that. Yeah, basically uh, compromises that you know weren't so feeble, you know, favorable to me, brought me to the table where I, when I got a chance to record and write songs, I took uh, you know this approach, something that was appeasing to me.
0: Yeah, that's tough, and and as an artist, I understand wholeheartedly. It, it you there's always the songs never finished. You just have to
1: like come to grips with where it's at and make peace with it and walk away from it. You have or, to abandon art at some point. Uh, you do it's yeah. At some point you gotta say it's done. Sure enough. So uh so tell us a little bit what
0: it's like. Uh some people probably are familiar with this and you know some may not even be aware that it happens, but I think coinciding with the, the NAM convention annually You have been invited multiple times by the family of Randy Rhodes to participate in their annual jam that honors Randy. Uh, Tell us about that, uh, the name of it, and your experience there with so many great musicians that participate in that.
1: Yeah, that's actually called Randy Rhodes Remembered. And um, an old drummer for um, Ozzy Osbourne, Brian Tichy, and uh, the Rhodes family put this together, and I was invited, and um, I was given a song, I was asked asked what song I had given SATO the first year, I was asked to play, which was an honor, and then, I'm not like the best cover guy, and two weeks before, they said, Sebastian Bach's gonna do it, and I thought, cool, man, I get to jam with Sebastian, and they said, well, he's got his own guitar player, but Gus G can't make it, and he had Mr. Crowley. So you get Mr. Crowley and I thought, wow, okay. So I got to working on it and I would watch videos of Randy playing um, those handful of songs off the first record. And then I would see Rudy Sarza in the videos and then my son would be walking around. I would tell him, I said, you know, I might get to play with this guy. Uh, a few times during watching those videos, man, I would really get a teary eye watching Randy. So it was more than more than just learning licks. And it was that was a, an experience that was very emotional for me. When we got there, um, I then rehearsed with Rudy. I rehearsed with uh, who was going to be the vocalist that night, which is Michael Devon, who plays bass for Whitesnake. He sang and played. But when it came time to play, I was upstairs in the green room, and they called my name when I ran downstairs. And to grab my guitar and go play, Rudy was on bass. And so we met on stage. After we performed, he walked up to me. He said, good job and then reached his hand out to shake my hand and I said, I love you man and then he just brought me in and gave me a hug and that's how I met Rudy Sarzo. and twice that night he came back to me and was very very kind to me and he said, was like, you know nice to meet me and I was a good soul and this and that, and I just, man, I was like this is fucking Rudy Sarzo," and um, that was really cool that was really really cool, everybody there uh, I also met Phil X that first night with, like the most amazing guitar player and and a vocalist Sings uh plays guitar for Bon Jovi the night before he had done Black Dog by Zeppelin and he had s- sang it just like Robert Plant. I was like, you play guitar and ants sing like this uh so yeah that everybody everybody there is just like a, it's a humbling experience the years uh, that followed that I got to meet some of my heroes, man I got to meet Akira Takasaki from loudness and that was awesome uh, I got to practice uh d. I think, in the bathroom with Phil (laughs) Demo, And then I had a blues jam with uh, one of his first uh, students, Janet. I forget her last name. Um, So that was really cool. And the Rose family, each and every time, that's like the highlight of it. His sister Kathy and his brother um, Kelly. They're beautiful, beautiful souls. And they gifted me with a a signed poster of um, Randy to me that's as a memorabilia to being home so so cool (laughs) way cool man yeah no doubt I mean that's something that
0: you know people like like myself who grew up listening to the songs just like you did these are things that people like us dream about and here you are you got to take part of that you know that's 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 an honor and it's
1: it's it's gotta be just like through the roof, pleasure. It's got to be amazing. Been, it's been, it's been, yeah, both those. One year, I think Michael Sweet came up to me and asked me if I would introduce him to Doug Penny because they didn't know each other. So oh. I was like, here, I'm this immigrant kid <laughs> 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 introducing some of my friends to each other. That, right, uh, right. Res- that I love and respect so much. Yeah, man. And I ended up playing on Michael Sweet's solo record, you know, that we met at NAM actually after all that. He's amazing. He is. <clears throat> he is.
0: Uh, well, good. I'm I'm happy to hear that. I mean, I've, you've told me some of that stuff before, but uh, not all of that, of course. But I, I, that story never gets old. I love hearing about the, the Randy Rhodes stories, for sure. Uh, well, feel free to tell the listeners here about your take. I, I, I spoke not in great detail, but I did give everybody a bit of a heads up as to what's coming up for Exhorter. Uh, the, the songs that we're working on collectively and separately um, so feel free to tell everybody from your perspective about the new Exhorter material and um, in addition to that uh, where do we take Heaviest Texas next and what's up with uh, solo stuff coming from you
1: When we were on um, touring with Overkill I had made a plan on what to do when I got back to New Orleans that's sh- tour was cut short only two dates, so it wasn't that much, and then when I got back here, I put, I followed through with my plan, which was to get up, like, do the 9-5 to five gig and write for Exhorter. And that's what I pursued to do. I got like 8 or 9 songs into it, and I had a few th- songs previously, so I started, you know, programming drums, getting guitar tones, and then make, making demos. And from there on, uh, I got a toy for my acoustic guitar I got a guitar bow and so then I started doing a bunch of acoustic stuff with violin uh, you know with bows with string arrangements and accompaniment you would say and then <clears throat> I started dabbling with like a funky thing that is going to probably be on my solo record I wasn't intending on it but it, it it you know it starts once it starts once the spark is lit um uh, Then I gotta just pursue it. Now I'm gonna go ahead and pursue the solo record, but uh, my priority, first and foremost, is gonna be the next exhorter. And meanwhile, you know, when if time comes and something comes up that doesn't fit exhorter, you know, I put that in my uh, catalog in the category of solo record. That's what I got. I got two playlists on my uh, computer. One is for exhorter, and the other one says solo stuff. Good, good. Yeah, I mean. I am
0: kinda of in the same boat that you are right now. I'd try to write things that I think would be fitting for Exorder and if it doesn't make
1: sense for Exorder, well then that's just stockpiling for something else. You know? Right. I do have I didn't want to ignore the Heaviest Texas question either. I do have about ten songs for Heaviest Texas. And then, you know, I'm thinking about taking a different musical approach on that one. Since we have Exorder and that's uh that's the realm of the heavy and the groove, thinking about doing something different with heaviest Texas.
0: We have, uh, we have a lot more uh, leeway there, I think. Uh, being, right. you know, Exorder is a type of band that's been a type of band for this long, and, and even though we are evolving with Exhorter, uh we still are within certain parameters there, I think, and, and I agree with you about heaviest Texas. There's a, a lot more of a sky's the limit approach, I think.
1: Yeah, there's so much music within all of us, you know, there's, you know, such, I make some mellow soundscapes that are just like scaping the ground, I mean, it wouldn't, there would be no place for it in his order, you know, maybe for like a insect uh, documentary or something, <laughs> something, you know, but we have so much music inside of us, it's good that, that we have the different avenues to put them out, you know. You could always make a country record. <laughs> 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 well, I do have a couple of country-esque songs, actually.
0: I, I don't doubt that, and uh, yeah, that probably comes by you quite honestly,
1: having spent the majority of your life in the Houston area, for sure. But my dad was, believe it or not, he's like a first Persian redneck. He like he allowed me to listen to music in the car or whatnot, and he was in re- which was really cool. And the, so we would listen to the rock station when I was around. But I'd get in, and it would be KILT which was K-I-K-K, K-I- K- what was it? K-I-C, <laughs> Kicker, The Kickers, I don't know. They oh, were like, you know, country yeah, station. Yeah. My dad was a big, uh, he liked he liked Kenny Rogers and he we watched he all the time, I don't know. I think the best part about that was I got to watch Roy, jo- Roy Clark play guitar, man, and banjo and mandolin and the, the playing on those shows was amazing. And so were the ladies
0: Uh, that's what i remember the most my (laughs) grandmother watched hee-haw and i always dug the the hot girls and like daisy duke type shorts man it was so awesome that was awesome i wasn't
1: sure why i loved it but i sure did but for me it really was a combination of that and guitar that was too good roy clark's so good yeah he
0: was a beast without a doubt so good um, but that's pretty much all the questions I, I have I, I appreciate you answering that for everyone uh, I did
1: join a street
0: gang That's right, huh? And uh, look, it, it looks like it, it's dangerous snakes who hate bullshit Yeah, I'm joined to dangerous snakes
1: who hate bullshit
0: And the battle cry is
1: <laughs>
0: I have basically
1: had it Yep.
0: It's <laughs> Dave Hill,
1: my friend Dave Hill Multi-talented oh, yeah. Dave Hill. Yeah, yeah, Dave Hill. <clears throat> yeah, you, I think you guys did a podcast. Not yeah, sure. I, I sure did. I was a guest on one of their shows. He's one of my favorite people. And well, you got to get him on here. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it pay it forward, right? Yes, sir. Um,
0: well, in addition to all of these questions, uh, you are giving lessons again online, from what I understand. if you want to, If you want to plug that and let people know how to... Find you to to take lessons from you. Uh, your website, etc. Yeah, my I mean,
1: website you... is marzi dot com or heaviestexas dot com or on my social media, either on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or <clears throat> excuse me, LinkedIn, even Snapchat. You can find me, Marzi Monteseri. It's shoot me a message. Uh, I literally we advertised it yesterday, and I was I've been teaching all day today, and it's been just wonderful to get to see some faces and to pay it forward. It's been, that's been great. It's been really, really great. And um, I'm doing Zoom classes because I don't like Skype so much. (laughs) But um, it's working out really good. It's working out really good. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. This is episode one. So this is uh, what we call history in the making. We're making magic happen. here. Good. And I can't wait to
1: see people (laughs) live again.
0: I know. I know. It's been too long. It's been too long. Well, cool, man. Thanks, my brother.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right.
0: So that's going to wrap things up for episode one of KT's Hallowed Sound podcast. I'm so grateful for all of you that have decided to tune in to this horrendous event. No, I'm just joking. No, I really do appreciate you guys and everything that you've done to support me throughout the years and all of the musical projects that I do. So... I love y'all. Really do. Uh, Don't forget to stop into ExhorterKyle.com. Check out the vocal lessons, the 30-minute trial, uh, or you can sign up for month-long blocks of 60-minute or 30-minute lessons. Uh, I've got T-shirts and stuff there, too, so that's all cool stuff. Don't forget also to send in your questions for the Q&A segment of next month's Episode 2, of the Hallowed Sound Podcast, and that's going to go to Hallowed Sound Podcast at gmail.com. Not hollow with an O, hallowed with an A. Hallowed Sound Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your questions. Don't forget, if you share the link to the KT Hallowed Sound Podcast on social media, Your name will go into the hat for a drawing to win a prize. And the prize will be your choice of either a free 30-minute vocal lesson online or the KT Combo, which is a t-shirt and framed photo picture of me. It's a photo card, but it's framed and autographed. So I'll send all that out to you. So thanks again for all of the help. And lastly... Don't forget to go check out Marzi's websites. He's got marzimontazeri.com and heaviesttexas.com. Same thing. He's giving lessons. Check it out. He's also got merch for sale uh, for heaviest Texas and cool Marzi stuff as well. So once again, thanks a bunch from the bottom of my cold, dead black heart out to you. We're going to end this show with a song from the heaviest Texas record that Marzi and I did together. This one is called Death of a Prodigy. Until next month.
2: Later.